0: Ladies and gentlemen, leaders and fighters for freedom and liberty and the American dream, the best is yet to come.
1: Welcome to Move Left Idiots, a socialist talk podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Montarulo, uh, joined here by my co-hosts. I have two co-hosts this week, actually. Uh, LaDonna is joining us again uh, on a pretty important week uh, for the discourse. So we, we, we thought it would be really important to have a slightly dissenting voice on, on some <laughs> of the things we're going to talk about on. Uh, and we really love when LaDonna comes on. So thank you for coming back on this week. Yeah. Uh, yeah
2: thanks for having me. I'm... Uh fresh back from COVID and survived. And I have to say that was the strangest fucking thing I've ever had in my life. And, um, I'm in three clinical trials now for that. I'm studying like the loss of smell and loss of taste and there's brain changes. I mean, this thing is fucked. And I, th- I just, I wish people, more people would realize, um, that it's not just, yeah, I had a mild case. I didn't have, you know, like the deep cough that, that some people had. I didn't go in the hospital, but that doesn't mean there weren't serious changes. Um, all three of us in my house got it and it's just it was a nightmare to the point that we couldn't say words like we couldn't think of sentences we couldn't articulate them correctly like this is doing shit in your brain. It's like, it's like and being I don't know drunk. how long. it's Yeah, and I don't know how long it's going to last or like nobody knows <laughs> anything. It's scary.
1: Like 60% of people that get it have like major memory issues which is really It's fucking weird. Like no other disease that we know like has this many Dis- like, just differing, like, wide-ranging uh, fucking symptoms and side effects. Yeah,
3: they, I mean, they say that it's, uh, it, it actually can age your brain by up to 10 years. Like you I believe just, you, that. Uh, like, I don't know how that's possible or, like, what, what specific neurological mechanism they're basing that it on. Joe was,
1: like, the one who brought COVID over here. Maybe he got it, like, four or five years ago and then he brought it to... <laughs> certainly an awful lot um, I mean
2: and these groups are just like heartbreak there's you know Facebook groups for people that are you know long haulers and ones that just got it and everything and I mean I, I there is not a symptom that people in there don't have so it's hard to know what's from COVID and what's just you know people that have weird things going on but I mean the heartbreak stories you know the people on ventilators and dying and losing relatives and being alone I mean we've all heard it it's just it's tragic and um Yeah, just stay home, wear your mask. There's nowhere you need to be right now. Uh, Vaccines are on the way and just, you know, be safe, people. You say
3: that, but I'm about to get on a train in a couple hours and go to another state.
2: (laughs) God damn you!
3: I I have not. I haven't had physical contact with another human being uh, aside from my partner for months. Like, not even a hug or handshake or anything. Like, I I, just—it's hard. And it's great because it's like I hate strangers and I hate like physical contact (laughs) with strangers. So it's like I I can just anyone gets within ten feet, I'm like, yo, back the
1: fuck up. (laughs) I love not having to like. Yeah, be nice about telling people to get out of my personal
2: space. But we're not going to remember how to socialize at the end of it. I mean, I walk down the street now and I look at Great. everyone like they're lepers. Like, oh, now, you know, now everyone has to away. live their
3: life the way I want. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I welcome this.
3: <laughs> like, the, the introverts have, are going to take this world over, finally. <laughs>
1: Did you have any of like the lung, the tissue damage that they say, you know, like a lot of a good chunk of people who had it end up with scarring basically?
2: No, not to my knowledge anyway. And I mean, so I have fibromyalgia and there have been some writings that people with fibro get the milder case Um, It has to do with how cytokines react in our body or whatever. So I kind of suspected this might be the case. But, you know, I had the two cancers. I was fucking terrified that, you know, if anything happened and the ICUs are full that, you know, I wouldn't be somebody they'd save. Um, but yeah, we we lucked out. All three of us got the mild version, um, if there is you know such a thing to have, and um, we are thankful.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, and uh, of course, the other uh, voice you're hearing is are the uh, dulcet tones of my longtime co-host, comrade Dracula, comrade. What's going on? I am doing
3: great. Uh, as I mentioned, I got to hop on a train and head up to the Great White North. Uh, it's that time of year again. Uh, I'm gonna go hang out with the family. And, which is basically just mom, <laughs> mom, up in the Great White North. Um, and I do have a, an update, real quick, uh, before I jump into the the main uh, topics of the show about the Good Lord Bird, which we uh, reviewed the Showtime series starring Ethan Hawke, based on the uh, National Book Award 2013 winning novel written by Black author James McBride, jazz composer also. And I had uh, mentioned this to my to my mother that she should read the book because she doesn't have showtime or anything on demand. Uh, but she reads a lot, reads on her, her tablet or I, iPad. Yeah. That's what it's called. iPad. And, uh, she tore through it. She loved it. She thought it was great. And I said, mom, if you liked it that much, you should, uh, you should recommend it to your, to your reading group. She has like a monthly, monthly reading group. And they're all like older white women. And, um, you know, the, the the book is obviously a comedy, but there's some really violent stuff in it, too. Um, but, you know, not, not so much that it takes away from, you know, the the fact that it is a comedy and it's about some very serious topic. And I thought, you know, I mean, she there's, she's only gets to, like, recommend one thing a year, you know? She's not going to recommend it. She's probably got something else picked out, and they probably all like the romance novels and everything. Anyway, so quick update. Uh, just got word back yesterday, mission accomplished. Her reading group is going to read The Good Lord Bird.
2: (laughs) Well done.
1: (laughs) Yep. yep. Oh, man. Planting seeds. Planting planting seeds. (laughs) (laughs) Just red-pilling them, like, through fucking litter. The good red pill.
3: (laughs) The good red pill. Well, apparently, um, you know, because I told her it was a 2013 National Book Award winner. You know, it was kind of like pad the resume of the book. Yeah. But when she suggested it, another woman in the reading group had watched some of the Showtime series, not all of it, but some of it. She was like, oh, oh, I've I've seen that, you know. And so they all were like perked up like, oh, okay," you know, like uh, and I think she mentioned that like they'd never reviewed a a book written by a black author before. So it was kind of like, you might (laughs) want (laughs) to. So like like they were all kind of like, like, all right, all right. So. Anyway, so that's gonna happen so I'm excited just to like get that story out there because I, I still want to read the novel, obviously, and uh, you know that that series on Showtime, I've gone back and watched it so many times that it has maybe the best uh, replay value of any series I've ever watched before, where it just mm-hmm. like it, it keeps getting you emotional every time you watch it, and it's still is I still fulfilling. haven't gotten
2: to it, so I'm looking forward to it.
3: You told me like a week ago you were going to watch it later that
1: night. <laughs> LaDonna. i
2: was
4: well, look, the thing is
1: like you know the the reason i think it's it's so replayable is because you know the ending it's not a matter of like oh what's going to happen next it's just a matter right. of the right. emotional journey with the characters that you take uh which is why it's so rewarding and the fact that it just it's the the actual history of the events around john brown and the Raid and the harper's fair so you know resonant with us and things that we believe in uh right it's just a, it's it's really incredible. I highly recommend it. Yeah, it's
3: the way our brains work. You know, like you can read a textbook in high school or middle school about the history of John Brown, but it's not real until you see somebody portray it, you know, and you have the emotional mm-hmm. connection to these yeah. pe- people in history. You understand the sacrifice and the significance and the pain and the sorrow. You know, and then it's then you feel connected to that history and then you feel part of that history.
2: That's why I'm so and, happy that this content is being made right now. I mean, I feel yeah. like there just wasn't enough of it when we were growing up. And to your point, like I hated history when I was in school. Like I did not connect to it at all. And even though I knew that, you know, oh, history, if you don't know it, blah, blah, blah. Um, I, you know, I just I couldn't connect to it. And I'm I'm glad that right. people have demanded this kind of content.
3: Well, that, that's the... Oh, sorry, real quick. I mean, that's why it was so important when we colonized this country to take away the oral history of the indigenous people here, mm-hmm. to take away the language so they didn't have the ability to tell stories generation to generation anymore. We understood the power of storytelling and how important that is for a culture. And that was the one of the first things we tr- we took away from the people that we robbed the land from.
2: Yeah. Yeah,
1: I actually, you know, weirdly in, in school, history was always one of my favorite classes. And, you know, obviously we we look back at the history we were taught and realize that we that massive chunks <laughs> were either completely glossed over or totally mm-hmm. told incorrectly. But I think it actually, in some ways, it, 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 it's good now that I had that love of history from uh, from when I was younger, because it, it it instills in me like a desire to seek out like the real history behind all mm-hmm. those events and then kind of hold them up as a comparative thing. but
2: That's what I'm doing with my daughter right now, homeschooling. I pulled her out of the other school because they're still attending in person. But, yeah, we're we're doing a lot of things like that to try to give her the real story that she'll never get in her school.
1: Right, right. That's great. Um, and, uh, and, by the way, for p- anyone that's listening that wants to listen to the audiobook, if you have Hoopla, which is the library-powered, like, free like movies and books and tv show like uh app streaming app uh it's on hoopla for free so if you have a library card and your library participates with them which most do i think you can listen to the audiobook for free so anyone who should who wants to should check that out um but yeah oh and when you know real quick up top i wanted to mention uh you know comrade you just sent this oh yeah I, i was supposed to toss to you i i didn't pick up i got distracted um
3: yeah, and in another update in the world of sports ball news. Uh, there's some some baseball history that uh, just came out today, or news about baseball history.
1: Yeah, I mean, and and this was definitely in the, in the category of like most people when they hear are like, wait, what? That wasn't a thing, you know? Like
2: that's how <laughs> I was, yeah.
1: <laughs> um, but so the MLB today officially recognized the Negro League as part of the major leagues. So that that means that all of the Records that were set, um, you know, in Negro League Ball and uh, will now be integrated essentially, uh, for lack of a better term, with the records of Major League Baseball, including like you know, so so anyone who played in the Negro Leagues will now be considered a Major League Baseball player. Uh, now the Negro Leagues had uh, so, wait,
3: real quick though, does that mean all those players get a raise now or? Do they, do they, do they? most of them are dead yeah, unfortunately
1: yeah. but no, and i'm sure not. i'm sure they've gotten zip from the fucking you know the the, the most of the ex-players and from the mlb don't get you know a D, i mean they they get a slightly good pent, but like not you know what they should get but that's a whole nother um
3: that was a joke by the way i know that none of them are still alive just making making no no some of
1: them so. are i mean it's not you know 19 like Really, it ran up to the fifties, so it's not you know you're twenty years old and in the fifties. Like it, it, there's there's definitely some players. I think there's a couple. It's it's like World War Two. Two exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> it's like the last few fucking decrepit like hundred and five year olds you know hanging around. But um, but no, I mean, and this is incredible, and this is something that activists for years have fought um, for recognition for because of course the MLB was completely segregated up until the 1950s when uh Jackie Robinson and I think Larry Doby was the first American League player they they were uh uh, allowed to play basically um and some of the best baseball players of all time never got a chance to play in Major League Baseball because of the fact that it was um segregated so and, and you know there were records set within the Negro Leagues that Uh, white players never will touch but it was just a matter of like they were completely you know discounted by the only professional you know baseball league in america for uh what 60 70 years now so it's really incredible Uh, i know my grandfather will be happy about that because he uh he's always been a big proponent of that uh and he played actually in uh, the minor league system for the uh, Cincinnati Reds I believe uh, for a couple of years before he ended up going to Vietnam uh, so and he's always been wow. Wow. he's yeah he's always mentioned that a lot uh, how he uh, how that that needs to happen so you know it, it's great that it's finally happening you know it took took fucking long enough uh, but yeah so so, you know, if you didn't know much about
3: sports, like I obviously don't, you know, and I'm say I'm like getting interested in baseball and I'm going through sports stats and I'm reading through all like the all like the career best records of all these things. And I'm like, wow, it's amazing how all these all these white guys were like the best in the world, <laughs> because like literally like the records of all the black players would be excluded from that list of, of, of records and statistics. Right. And and you would get the impression that like, you know, the the Negro Leagues were inferior because they're right. just not part of the record, you know. So that's that's why, you know, it's important for history to, you know, recognize these, these players were just as good, if not, obviously, in many cases, better. Yeah, I'd be so. curious
2: if any of them have now knocked out, you know, any of the white players in terms of their stats. I'm sure there's some.
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I like once you put all these stats side by side, I'm sure other people have obviously done this before. Um, but it would be great to kind of see like uh, who, who is, you know, you know, it's like it's hilarious when United States, you know, our version of football, um, whoever wins the Super Bowl, we call the world champion. But it's like mm-hmm. nobody else plays that fucking sport, so like <laughs> that, that's nonsensical, <laughs> yeah. you know. So that wraps so- up the sports ball updates. <sighs>
1: Yeah, yeah, and if I'm if I'm sounding any different, we we had some technical difficulties, but we are back now. So, uh, yeah that that's <laughs> that's what's going on. But um, yeah, and, and by the way, you mentioned about the um, you know, looking up the stats and see, seeing no black players, but now they'll just look up the stats and see all the fucking steroid guys who are at the top of all the record lists, like Barry Bonds, who has you know the most home runs of all time, but also like not really. Yeah. So it's it, it, it's it's baseball stats have always been really fucked up and like weird and like debated and like, oh, does this count? Because these has got but it, it's whatever. But it, it's just it is. a it's just a nice moment in general for people who have been advocating for that for a long time to see them get that. Oh, recognition.
3: what one, one crazy I don't even understand what this person meant or if they were trying to be ironic or whatever. But somebody tweeted out, imagine if a whites only league was integrated, how crazy people would go. And I don't know if they were saying, like, I'm not, it just kind of broke my head for a minute. And I, was I, I,
1: like, I, I looked at it and I was like, I don't think they're being ironic. I think they're just genuinely, a, a, you know, like a conservative idiot, but Um, uh, that's literally what happened. (laughs) Like, the MLB was a whites-only league. I mean, I, like...
3: Yeah, I I quote tweeted him. I was like, I can't believe the Negro League baseball uh, teams excluded white folks for over 50 years. (laughs) Our past is so shameful. Shake my head.
1: Right. Oh, man. Fucking people. Well, speaking of complete morons who have no understanding of civil rights, I guess we should talk about our incoming 46th president, Joe Biden, because, um damn <laughs> he,
2: <sighs> dear god help us
1: <laughs> he really stepped in it this week uh in a number of ways so you know we'll talk about some of his other stuff uh going that he's got going on a little later but i want to start off with the um civil rights call he had a he had a call with uh civil rights leaders via zoom um of course like every uh democratic party affair they made it very clear at the beginning that no one is to be recording and that it is a <laughs> private affair <laughs> Uh, because everything the Democratic Party does is fucking shameful and backdoor and, you know, uh, not for public consumption because they're disgusting. Uh, and that's, you know, <laughs> but luckily somebody, some brave soul recorded it and uh, sent it <clears throat> to Ryan Grimm over at The Intercept who uh, published the whole thing and then did excerpts of it for his podcast. Uh, and they're really bad. like Wow, uh, yeah. Yeah, so Biden's you know, uh, Biden's private voice is 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 more or less the same as his public voice, but just w- with zero pretenses for not sounding like a huge fucking dickhead, like arrogant dickhead. Um, I'm going to play a couple of clips and we'll talk about them, but just the the w- the the way he sounds is a hundred percent the way that Donald Trump sounds when he's talking about uh you know what he's done and how no one's ever done anything like like it, it is just uncanny the resemblance so well, and
2: that's what they did on reddit they took the the quote and they attributed it to trump and everybody oh, really? got all pissed off about it and then then they told them it was biden they didn't believe it and they're like here's the audio and they still didn't
1: believe it <laughs> right well you know that's out of context and, you
2: know, it's, <laughs> yeah. just,
1: it's just unreal and, and yeah you saw a lot of it, it's amazing whenever biden like peels back the mask and shows the racism the 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 white liberals that come out of the woodwork to to you know show their fucking casual racism or their you know they're just below the surface racism as well like deeply ingrained
2: racism yeah all kinds of racism
1: (laughs) right so all right, so here's the first piece of audio um, that came out, and we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that.
4: A lot of people in our community are getting a little anxious because they are not seeing enough of the progress they thought they would have seen at this point. Let's not disappoint them, and let's not get to a place where voters in Georgia begin to second guess. Okay, let me respond. I've got to go. Let me respond. There's a lot to respond to here. Let's get something straight. You shouldn't be disappointed. What I've done so far is more than anybody else has done this far. Okay? Number one. Number two, I mean what I say when I say it. I mean what I say when I say it. I'm the only person who's ever run on three platforms that I was told could not possibly win the election, and I never ceased from it. One was on restoring the soul of this country because of what I saw happen in Charlottesville. That was it. No one else was talking about it. The words of presidents matter. Nobody else, no progressive, was talking about it. I did. <laughs> That's
1: not a platform. Like, what? What does <laughs> that mean? Restoring the soul of America? I,
3: I want to know <laughs> what consultant told him. Look, Joe Biden. I know you're all ingrained in policy and everything, but like this, this, this whole restoring the soul of the country thing is never going to work. Nobody's gonna buy into that Aaron Sorkin dialogue anymore. <laughs> Restore yeah. the soul of the country. That's just a that's just a snappy slogan. You don't hear anyone win on that kind of rhetoric, do you?
2: Right. His first hundred days is completely things that no one can quantify that, that aren't real things to accomplish. Things like that. Like how do you how do you measure that? <laughs>
1: You don't. And and it, it, it's just, it, first of all, it's incredibly fucking disrespectful to the actual left and people who have actually been working in activism to act like he is, is somehow is, is fucking uniquely the one talking about Charlottesville. Uh, Joe Biden only ever mentioned Charlottesville because it, he thought it was a good uh, uh, angle to take when campaigning against Trump because, he, again, he had nothing to run on policy-wise, so his main fucking uh focus of his campaign and this is what he literally launched his campaign on if you remember his his campaign ad uh was was that trump you know said there were good people on both sides that was like literally joe biden's only fucking animating principle for running for president and and motherfucker like what you you condemn the people that were fucking murdered in fucking charlottesville the fucking antifa activists that were actually murdered by a fucking fascist in Charlottesville. So fuck yourself. Like you have no with a Dodge right to... Charger.
3: Yeah. And that's the only reason why to, people
1: remember it.
2: Not to mention he didn't win on these policies. If that's what no, he was running on, not. he didn't. Like he came in last.
1: <laughs> he didn't win on anything, by the way, let's be real. I mean he <laughs> fucking, you know, uh, was 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 put his corpse was pushed over the finish line when they realized they had no uh better options from all of the, you know, phalanx of uh obama clones that they try to push forth but it's just it's so insulting on so many levels and this is by the way this is the way he talks to civil rights leaders like this is the way he fucking thinks that uh you know like he just has such contempt for anybody asking him to do literally anything like they if you watch the whole call and i watched a good chunk of it They really don't ask him to do much. I mean, they basically are just saying, hey, like, just do this. Use your executive orders to overturn a bunch of this shit that Trump's... I think, you know, most of their prescriptions were weak as fuck, and that's, you know, to be expected with leaders of any uh, movement or organization. You know, they didn't invite leaders from Black Lives Matter. He doesn't even fucking acknowledge them as an organization. Um, That's a whole nother, you know, ball of wax, but... uh, just the, the the contempt he has for anybody that fucking questions him uh it, it, it's so stunning that like people voted for this fucking guy and this is again why i just i i thought it was such a mistake to give any fucking support to him whatsoever from anyone on the left because he's a fucking nightmare he's a he's a fucking conservative nightmare but now they have to live with
3: it now they have to yeah. fucking live with the fucking the shit. The but they shit.
2: don't even care. You know, the do. people
3: that supported
1: him don't even give a fuck. They they again are still defending this because they they kind of half agree with half of the stuff he said. You know they don't. Yeah, give but a shit. the people
3: on that Zoom call <clears throat> realize that you know this sure, is the but best they're going to keep gonna doing get. it. <laughs> but even when they try to like explain to him what his executive authority encompasses, he's like, "Get out of here, man! The Constitution <clears throat> won't allow it." I can't do none of that cuz the constitution and it's like the constitution doesn't bar you from any of those things and then he tries to say that like well the second amendment I can't do nothing about assault weapons I would if I could and it's like literally nobody said a word about assault weapons right no
0: he, he on brought that call that
3: up, like what are you talking about you crazy old fuck
1: while also uh, saying nobody's done more to get to, to overturn, to, to get rid of assault weapons than me. He just literally the exact phrase that Trump uses all the time is nobody's done. They are I'm the, the best,
2: pr- I'm the greatest. Yeah. What, what have you done specifically? Can he count, point to anything? Like no. this, this record that he's running on that he doesn't feel he needs to change or improve at all. What is it? <laughs>
1: he, he helped negotiate a huge cut in Social Security that was killed at the last minute. Um but you know, other than that, I can't think of any you know signature pieces of legislation, but it, its just listen, dunk. all you
3: black civil rights leaders. I locked up all the all the bad people in your community. Right. So you can thank me for lowering <laughs> crime in your ghettos.
1: right. Like that's exactly. literally
3: how he fucking thinks that
1: uh. Right. and and he's, yeah, no, he's just unapologetic, he's arrogant, he's fucking stupid and wrong about every one of his policy prescriptions. And he's literally, I cannot stress enough, the same as Donald Trump the same as Andrew Cuomo, the same as Rahm Emanuel. All of these guys are the same fucking guy. They have minor differences when it comes to certain policies, but really not even that much. Like, What, what can you point to that Donald Trump is significantly worse than Joe Biden on? Immigration? No. Criminal justice? No. Well,
2: like, if Biden starts a war, we're, we're we, fucked, because every Trump person would be like, yeah, at least he didn't do that. Yeah,
1: Donald Trump did not start a single new war in his... In his uh four years in office like he you know if anything and again you know he, he certainly relaxed the rules of engagement to let the generals do whatever the fuck they want but right. he, he everything he did publicly was that was making at least you know uh verbal efforts to say we should bring, be bringing troops home which is way more than i could say about the last fucking four democratic press, you know for presidents I mean, if, if,
3: if anything like, trump was fulfilling biden's promise of having all our troops out of afghanistan by the end of 2014 right right, right. Yeah. so th- like the the one you know halfway noble thing biden wanted to do as vice president that he didn't do trump was doing right so <laughs> you know and people say oh well you never know what trump's gonna do because he'll change his mind on on a whim every other day and it's like that on some shit, but like the things he ran on, like ending our forever wars, he was always consistent on that.
2: And nobody you here know? supports Trump, by the way. That's not what we're saying. We're no, just saying you have to look always at the that details caveat. in the record. Yeah.
3: But it, it's like I... all the things we were told were going to be the, the nightmare of Trump weren't. <laughs> and it yeah. was mostly just like he he didn't was a dickhead. <laughs> make. Yeah, he, he was an asshole and stoked a bunch of racism and QAnon conspiracy theorists and everything um but you know like what, what's you know if americans have to suffer embarrassment uh but the rest of the world gets to not worry about you know being drone striked every time they want to gather in public as much like so be it <laughs> america's had it coming anyway
1: well, this and again, this is the difference between liberals, uh, professional class liberals, and the actual left and actual, uh, just not even just the left, just working people in this country in general. Is that we, you know, are annoyed by Trump, but at the end of the day, we're like, well, it's basically a push. Like he did some bad shit. He did, you know, he didn't do some of the bad shit that most presidents do. Like at the end of the day, it was a fucking, you know, stall for four years. Whereas. For liberals, he was literally their worst nightmare because they care about none of those substantive things. Their material conditions are completely comfortable and met. So all they care about is the fact that he's embarrassing and crude and, you know, uh, uh, disgusting to them. I mean, it's
3: who is the guy today that tweeted out that uh, he hadn't had to think about Biden all day. So Biden was therefore his favorite president. Right. Yeah. Gosh, and
1: I remember Jesus. I saw that tweet and I just fucking wanted to bash my uh, yeah. head against the wall. Um, and it, again, it's, these are the same people that that f- have all week been talking about what a disgrace it is that people are are, are, are mocking the fact that uh, Jill Biden ha- insists on being referred to as Doctor Jill Biden um, when she's not actually a medical doctor. She's you know she has a PhD, which is you know, great, good for her. Like <laughs> like it, it, it's such a, fucking a cookie, um, uh, right? But-
3: I swear, Ben Shapiro is also CIA, and he's just there to like do controlled opposition <clears throat> from the right to get right. liberals riled up about shit that doesn't matter and, and continue the culture war of, like, oh, a woman doctor who's a doctor in education, that's that, like, that's what they're going to go to, you know, the hill they're going to die on. Right. Now, but it's, you know.
1: But it's also super disingenuous to uh, that she always refers to herself and presents herself as Dr. Joe Biden because she always does that when they're talking about issues of health care, and it's fucking really disingenuous, especially when you're fucking advocating for... A healthcare plan that was worse than everyone else you were running against, um, and using your dead son to tell us right. why we should—you know—that your dead son is the reason why we shouldn't have Medicare for all. Basically, like it's—it's it's really fucking disgusting that they use these shields uh, to explain away his fucking corruption and—and uh, and, you know, brazen, disgusting. Uh, giveaways to the health insurance industry by you know shielding him with his dead son and his wife, who's not actually a medical doctor. So you know, go fuck yourselves. Like if you're complaining <laughs> about the people, the fact that people are, are mocking the fact that she always refers to right. herself as Doctor Joe Biden. Oh, well, I loved um, uh,
3: Ben Shapiro's tweet where he said, uh, you know, if I went to a dinner party and oh, someone okay. introduced themselves as a doctor and then someone had a had, you know had, had a heart attack. <clears throat> I'd be pretty upset if it turned out they weren't a medical doctor. It's like, literally, like, he has to make up scenarios that would never happen, right, Right. right, to explain the things he's outraged about, because no one would ever invite Ben Shapiro to a fucking dinner party. I
1: I, I cannot stress enough how I hate all of these people and and wish them all the worst in life. But no, I mean, literally, and and, and again, it was like, you know, all these fucking... uh, you know, liberals on on Twitter were like, "Ooh, we should change our profiles to reflect our credential." It's just they have no idea how fucking elitist and douchey they sound, and how alienated hey, I, they are. I to don't think that's
3: people. a bad idea. I changed my handle from Bike Slutty to Doctor Bike Slutty. I don't know if anyone really <laughs> noticed.
1: <laughs> I, I noticed. I know. I was trying to think of a funny uh, title I could add, but um, I don't I, know. Yeah, I, think I may one, think but... a
2: little bit differently than you guys on it. Um, surprise. Um, you know, I, I don't think, think there's
3: anything wrong with with promoting that. I, I, not to cut you off, but I, I just want to say, I don't think it's a bad, uh, you know, no, thing. It's just is
1: not bad. It's it's, but it's just the it's the, the, when the way it's it.
3: being used to right, you know, to to just still like stand for somebody who doesn't want me to be able to go to the doctor. So right. sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off with that.
2: No, yeah, okay, I appreciate you clarifying that because yeah, I, I mean. I know how hard it is to stay in school. I didn't, um, you know, and keep going towards that and, you know, with kids and all that kind of stuff. So, right. I, you know, I get it. And I think that those titles are deserved. But to your point, when when you invoke it matters and um, bringing it in to, to fight off the things we're fighting for is not good. And there's this subtle
1: inference of, of, of your worth as a person. when people When people bring that up in a conversation that they're having – and you know, we you can point to a thousand examples in in conversations or on Twitter, or like when Candace Aston brings up the fact that she's a fucking, you know, lawyer or the political. Whenever you 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 cite your degrees or your academic um, accomplishments in an argument, you're trying to say I'm better than you because I have this degree. Therefore, I am I am right and you are wrong, or I am better than you. It, it's just it's so obnoxious and offensive to people that work their fucking asses off uh for way less money than you, uh, and in a lot of ways are a lot smarter to other areas of you know life and society and the way the world functions than you are uh, after spending you know 12 or 16 years in, in a fucking uh, university. It's like it's so it's just they have no idea how they sound, basically. Is well, what I'm they really to say. believe
2: they're better. That's they really the, do. That's yeah.
1: exactly. That's the problem. And it's very obvious. They, they don't they don't hide the fact that they think that they're better. Which is why, again, this is just further perpetuates the whole idea of like limousine liberals and fucking, you know, elitist coastal, you know, uh, liberals that don't care about it. It just it's everything we're fighting against perception wise on the left, you know, with conservatives and trying to actually convince uh, conservatives that they're not conservatives. They just hate liberals like we hate liberals and that they're actually fucking, you know, socialists. Basically, they want all the things that we want.
3: We should be honest, though. The real reason that the left hates, uh, you know, someone like uh, Jill Biden being a doctor isn't that she's more educated than us. It's because she's wealthier than us. We're jealous <laughs> of her wealth. <laughs> <laughs> now, actually, she she didn't get her doctorate till she was fifty five, so right. she kind of like picked it up later in life. Um, but did, uh, did she? Has she done any teaching at all in education?
1: I don't, I don't think. I mean, I I, I I could be wrong. I don't. I'm not like
3: aware post of... postdoctorate. Um, I feel like we that. I mean, heard usually, you, I mean, you know, almost everyone who's you know in education you think would teach at some university at some she point. She would have had um, to have
2: because her dissertation was on that. Um, right, was on teaching in right. schools and all that. So
3: you'd think she'd want to be called professor Jill Biden at that point. Right. Like most people in academia, go by professor. David right. Harvey or professor, whoever, not doctor, or whatever. Because so. most
1: people in academia aren't trying to gaslight you that they have a, a deep history of you know medical knowledge that they can then use to explain to you why you don't need fucking healthcare and why it's good to pay premiums to health insurance companies. Mm-hmm. That's probably right. why she goes by doctor instead of professor. Um, but no, I'm, <laughs> I just it,
3: had an, I had this flash in my brain of like a comedic moment where like a couple of years from now we're at the White House uh, press correspondence dinner. And Ben Shapiro starts choking on his food, and, and and Jill Biden like rushes out to try to give him a Heimlich, but like can't can't do it right. And Ben Shapiro is just like, I want a real doctor. And she's like, Sorry, I'm the only one here.
4: I just don't know what I'm doing. Right. <laughs> So I think he's
1: probably, he probably would be invited to that. Um, but, um,
3: First time I've been yeah. to a dinner party before.
0: <laughs> right, right. So uh, yeah, it, it, it's uh, just,
1: you know, uh, fuck. Uh, you know, I, it, it's just really offensive on a lot of levels um, that she does that. But that's I don't care. I don't care if she wants it. It no.
3: doesn't offend me. It, it's funny that people are all worked up over it like Ben Shapiro. Uh, I wanted to get back to, just to talk about the, the, some of the reactions to the Biden audio being leaked. Um, there was a, uh, speaking of the White House press corps, uh, dutiful as always, woman named April D. Ryan uh, is a correspondent for the White House for CNN, right? Yeah. Uh, and she tweeted out in response to this Biden audio being leaked. She said, I asked an incoming White House source, was the meeting contentious between civil rights leaders and Joe Biden? And their answer was no. A civil rights leader at the meeting said Joe Biden was passionate. The question is, who taped this meeting and why? What is their agenda? So I didn't hear passion in Joe Biden's voice. I heard contempt and indignation. indignation. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, oh who taped it? Clearly, one of those civil rights leaders that <clears throat> thought this needed to be publicized because he was being a fucking asshole. You know, and but then did she didn't get any on,
2: coverage in the mainstream media. Like, they ignored no, it largely. I, no, <laughs> no,
3: yeah, they, I they didn't run any of this. Um, and Can then your it's mom like, oh, about this? no, no, I asked her. She hadn't heard about it. Uh, and then, and of course, it's like, oh, that Ryan Grimm, he's such a sexist, misogynist, you know, whatever. whatever. It's like, oh, Biden's an old white guy. Like, what are you talking <laughs> right, about? Right, right. You know, and um, it, for those who don't remember, uh, back when we were about to start bombing Iraq when George Bush was president, uh, April D. Ryan boldly asked George W. Bush, Mr. President, as the nation is at odds over war, with many organizations like the Congressional Black Caucus pushing for continued diplomacy through the UN, how is your faith guiding you? <laughs> That was her fucking question.
1: Fuck? Like, re- yeah, she's she's always been a fucking moron. Uh, I, I don't understand. I mean, that's I, I I would I would say I don't understand why she's still allowed to cover the White House, but that is why she's allowed to cover the White House. But she's held up as this like fucking lion of journalism because she doesn't like Donald Trump. So all of a sudden, people act like she's this fucking uh, virtuous like you know muck journalist when she is literally. One of the least challenging to power uh, people ever given that position, and right. just, when
3: she steps up to the plate, everyone in the outfield moves in about twenty, thirty feet.
1: Right, right, exactly. She's a fucking lightweight. Can <laughs> um, hit a softball. Right, and she, uh, yeah, and and again, she's never actually challenged challenged Trump substantively. She'll just, you know, uh, keep asking him questions when he gets pissy, which he, you know frequently does when he's asked any question he doesn't like. But again, that doesn't make you a fucking hard hitting journalist. That doesn't make, you know, she, she's never actually challenged, you know, power. She, I I don't think she's ever asked, you know, tough questions of, uh, a nancy pelosi or a fucking chuck schumer or of anyone well,
2: in a significant you un-
1: spot of power
2: when you understand the purpose of you know these mainstream news outlets and you understand that they're there to you know kind of represent the interests of corporations and oligarchs and so on then you understand why their questions you know are lightweight like that they're they're not you know hard-hitting right. journalists they're not there to expose anything i know many of them think they are they really believe they are and occasionally if it benefits i don't know the cia or somebody they'll get a story that you know seems real but yeah that's not what they're there for yeah like our boy ken well,
1: the other um, part of but, of
3: what he said um, you know just the the brazen admittal uh, of that you know the how the left saying defund the police is hurting the democratic party like if 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 that was true, and I think to some extent it is, because then you know people on the right can you know jacket that uh, label onto any Democrat, and almost all of them don't support defunding the police. But to admit that is such a weakness or perceived weakness is just like we're going to say it more because we hate your fucking right. party, right. you know. Right. And and you know when when Joe Biden says uh, he wants uh, Black Lives Matter to stop saying defund the police. Uh, now and forever or at least until after the georgia runoff he's li- he's literally saying like he cares more about the opinion of white racist voters than he does about black lives right that that's Which has what always saying. been the case
1: right. it's always been the case with him and again this is it, it's just hilarious to me because they d- did the exact same thing with black lives matter in 2016 hillary clinton fucking ran away from it like it had the fucking covid like it, it, she just could not be even seen to have a conversation with black lives matter activists. And now they're acting like they fucking support it and painting it on fucking streets and all this
2: fascinating (laughs) because they want to act like they built this coalition, you know, of African Americans in the South and all that stuff. And at every turn, you know, they do shit like this and you go, were they really part of your coalition or did you just assume they they were? And yeah,
1: it's just, you know, it's just, this is just who the democratic party is. They, they just, Exists to co-opt and fucking defang any kind of movement. uh, You know, it's, it's, it's a way more effective way of crushing actual social movements and social uprisings than, you know, a fascist crackdown because what that leads to is, you know, more resistance and more people being brought onto the cause and the fucking government and the CIA know this, which is why they they make it a priority to uh, have the Democrats embrace these things uh in in a in the completely toothless way that they embrace right. everything because they know that a good chunk of the people supporting those movements under republicans under republican leadership you know like when trump's in office will will assume then that joe biden uh you know it, it, it has it under control and that he understands the fucking movement and that he's trying to help like which is you know but it's
3: it's great though it sets a precedent where if if the right perceives that joe biden wants to defund the police right and he doesn't it forces him to have to eventually go down that road like that that was the thing with john brown was you know abraham lincoln ran against abolition of slavery he was he like the the party the abolitionists in the party were furious that lincoln got the nomination because there was other people running uh, for the public nomination, it was a brand new party. There was like three other guys that were that were running on abolition, and Lincoln ran right. against abolition. But everyone in the South, after John Brown, Looked at Lincoln as the abolitionist president, and that they were just like fuck this, and it didn't matter that he didn't actually support abolition because they just saw looked at Lincoln and saw John Brown. They kind of looked alike, actually, if you look at pictures of them. Um, yeah. But I told you, you know, the picture
1: I saw of him without a beard. I was like, oh, is that like when I first saw that picture? I saw exactly, was like a beardless <laughs> Lincoln.
3: That was what I thought when I was a kid and I first saw that. I was like, oh, it's Abe Lincoln before he grew a beard. Um, so yeah, it's like once it's out there. Once once that message is the prevail, you know, and that's what, of course, we talked about this last week. The thing they hate is that Black Lives Matter, vague and nebulous. I mean, no, it's very true, but it's not a demand. It's not an ask. Power concedes nothing without a demand. Defund the police is a demand. And all these, you know, hecklers try to pretend that, well, it's not a very clear message. Like, no, it is a clear message, and that's what you Pretty hate clear. about it. So you're trying to gaslight us and tell us that it's not clear. It literally, it's not a, a, a slogan for something else. It literally means, Defund means take money away from the police. And if you don't know what the police are, uh, you know. You're probably white. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Walk into a mall and start shooting bullets around. Yeah, exactly.
1: Um, right. No, exactly. And and honestly, we should just start saying abolish the police because then they can't say that it's a nebulous demand <laughs> that we that we don't that they don't understand. We're like, oh, great, okay. How about abolish the police? How about that? Sure.
2: Well, and so they were so scared of terrifying, cry. you know, middle class white property owners. I mean, that was the thing was to you know. First of all, they played in the the way that the Republicans set this, you know, debate, they set it as, you know, uh, law and order versus, you know, crime and riots and whatever. And they, they responded to that and left the debate in that circle rather than talking about reform or whatever.
1: They always do because at heart, they're Republicans, they're conservatives. And I I actually saw an interesting, I, I, I I wish I could credit the person who tweeted this, but basically he said something that it never really occurred to me, but it really is so true. Uh, Republicans ultimately don't believe in anything, which is why you see that Donald Trump is, is nebulous and will just do whatever the fuck he thinks will get him elected. And a lot of Republicans are like that, uh, you know, with, with, with in terms of, you know, uh, showing deference to populist ideas to try to get elected. Democrats deeply believe in conservative economic principles, unlike Republicans. Like, that's why these things happen under Democrats. It's not only because it's easier to trick the left into supporting these things when Democrats propose them. Democrats actually are, are dumb enough to deeply believe in these conservative principles. Well, it's because
3: so. Democrats will be like, oh, what book should I read? And NPR will be like, oh, here's a new book by Thomas Friedman. And they'll right. read it, and they'll they'll be like, oh, the Golden Arches theory is real. And if you don't know, the Golden Arches theory was Thomas Friedman's theory that – you know, uh, peace through capitalism meant that uh, two countries that both had McDonald's mm. would never go to war against each other, and he wrote a whole book about that. For right? Sake. And Eat like the- literally, like the same year the book came out. Croatia and Serbia went to war with each other, which ruined his theory. And people like mocked him openly for it. And he was so outraged. He wrote another book explaining the Golden Arches theory actually wasn't really about McDonald's; it was just about capitalism. He was so pissed off that like, like the, the like, fate of the world mocked him so badly for his terrible capitalist takes.
1: I literally cannot stress enough; he is one of the dumbest men alive, uh, and, and, and nobody should ever listen to a single word that he says. But but that's exa- uh, and, like and, people and like him are why it was illegal because of, my, because of Thomas Friedman. But yes, continue. Uh, uh,
3: yeah, people like uh, to your point. Um, that's exactly <clears> where <throat> you get, you know, uh, people that are liberal that are anti-war, listen to NPR, listen to, you know, Sam Harris, and then suddenly turn into conservatives, you know, and that's that's where that train moves, and there right. it it's on purpose.
2: I sometimes worry, though, that that kind of the same thing happens with people that watch, let's say, Jimmy Dore, you know, who is constantly critical of the Democrats, you could say holding them accountable as well, but but constantly critical of them. Is that a slippery slope? You know, a lot of people argue this to suddenly if there's no outlet criticizing it, people who are progressive are watching Fox News to, you know, be able to hear the criticisms of the Democrats, and does that then, I think it really,
1: it depends, because I think Jimmy actually attracts more right-wing listeners, like, out, not, he doesn't create them. I think he attracts a good, and he said himself, a good percentage of the people who watch his show are conservative, but they're not, like, old-school fucking, you know, like, they're just, they, they, they think they're right wing. I actually think it's probably a net benefit that he uh, does that because he still does support the things we support like Medicare for all and things like that. So it's actually probably a net positive to attract a right wing audience and introduce those ideas to them and explain to them why they hate Democrats instead of just assuming that, you know, the Republicans are good and the Democrats are bad. It's just like, no, just all the Democrats fucking suck, just like the Republicans suck. But this is why. And this is what we could have. This well, is the better. When you find thing out things, a, though, like the, the
2: Green Party is primarily funded by Republicans and you find out, you know, TYT was funded by Republicans or whatever. You can see where there is clearly a strategy to divide us. The problem is sure, there are things sure, to divide but, us over. So it's hard. But, but, but
1: we should be divided. <laughs> right. That's, but that's the point is, it's, you know, if they want to waste their money. Boosting, uh, you know, left wing voices, and you know, fuck sending us money. I don't give a fuck. Like I'll, I'll, gladly take your money and keep saying the same shit about defunding the police and you know, uh, all of this other stuff that you that you hate. Um, that's fine because. The, but if you're in just interest. real quick,
3: if you're a rich guy and you send us twenty million dollars, we will unionize. Just to be clear,
2: <laughs> right, right. Hey, we right, will hire
3: sorry. a bunch of staff to do research for us, and we will gladly enter into a union contract with that staff.
2: Yes.
1: Exactly, hundred <laughs> wholeheartedly agree. But, um, but no, I mean, I I think yes, they are. Th- there is a concerted effort from the right to, you know, to boost l- like like what what they would consider far left voices, uh, like Jimmy or you know, like like, like whoever like well, like, like Crystal any-
2: Ball in the Hill and that you know that kind sure of sure yeah
1: yeah and um, but that's and and to divide the party, which it is doing, and that's good because. People need to not just see the, the. The only thing you'll ever get from from mainstream media is the party orthodoxy, which is, you know, economic conservatism right. and vague, you know, social liberalism. Like that's the max you're going to get from the the center right party that is the Democrats. That so, is the
2: problem. All these people that believe that they're holding Donald Trump accountable right now, where are they going to be? You know, come January, are they going to be they're, doing they're the They're already same? gone. They're yeah. gone
1: already. He's still president, and they're fucking back at brunch. Yeah. Like they, it doesn't matter to them. They all they cared about was getting him out of office, and that's literally. But they, I mean, they'll, they'll just they'll continue
3: their there. their controlled opposition, and they'll say, "Well, oh, we can't do good things because Mitch McConnell won't let us," and mm-hmm. that's why we're not going to fight for anything. But you know, I mean, the the thing with with Jimmy Dore, um, you know, thing with Bill Hicks, thing with uh, you know Chris Rock, mm-hmm. thing with uh, Joe Rogan is they're all comedians. Like they're not looking at it from a left right praxis. Right. I think once you get far enough down the road, you you kind of see where other people are on that. But, you know, like these guys don't give a fuck what anyone thinks about them. And that's the, that's why we need them. That's why we need the court jester there to say the thing that we're all thinking, but we're afraid to say. Right. Exactly. And, but, and that's why yeah. those guys guys have a huge audience is because it's like they don't care about pretension. They don't care about pretense.
1: Yeah, and I don't want to get too far into Jimmy until we start talking about the, the Medicare for All thing at the end. But I but I agree with you about the I mean stand the whole idea is if you're a good stand up comedian, you're just a keen observer observer of both people and of society. So it, it, you know it, you're not you don't have the pretenses of a journalist or a political figure who needs who feels the need to couch whatever they're saying and what they think is going to help. The part, the party right. they support, or the organization they're a part of, or the network, there, whatever it is, like he, you just say, that's fucking stupid, you know. And I don't always agree with Jimmy. Like I, you know, I think I thought I thought his coverage of like the Covington High School uh, uh, dickhead kids was really shitty, but that, but it was, I, I thought his opinion was really shitty. I don't think like. He was doing that as a grift to fucking trick, you know, people have sh- some people have like really good opinions on things and really shitty opinions like people don't agree on every issue. And that's fine as long as we're all, you know, trying to accomplish the same goals, which I think largely we all are. Well,
2: and um, all of these characters do throw around that word grift about <laughs> each other. I mean that, you know, there was fierce argument between Tim Black and Dorr and all of that stuff. They, they all right, say it about each other. Just, ben Dixon. They all fuck, do. Like-
1: Right, right, and, and again, everyone accuses everyone else of grifting, and they're all, there's nothing wrong if people want to, to pay to watch your, your content for your opinions, that's not a grift, like, I don't understand what <laughs> what the fuck these, people don't understand the definition of the word grift. Now, you know, what, like, Dave Rubin does is a fucking total grift, because he has no opinions of his own, he's literally just fed them by, by you know, by the Mercers, and, and is funded by those groups to uh to put those forth, and the way you can tell the difference is if you're ever actually pressed to argue your position, you crumble like fucking origami. Like, you, you, you just completely, you fold, and you, right. know, uh, you have no way of backing up or explaining why you believe the things you believe. Or, or you're like Candace Owens, like people like that that just don't know anything and can't defend their positions. Now, if you believe in something and you're pressed on it, you will be able to back it up. That's the difference between... Grifters and not grifters. Mm. Um,
3: A lot of people who believe things that are just awful uh, lie a lot to try to protect that. Oh, sure, sure. Well, it's a different than
1: a grift, though. Too, I think. I've
2: heard things internally from people closer to Jimmy <clears> that say he don't he doesn't really believe, you know, all the things he says or some of the things he says. I've heard that. I don't know if it's true. I don't know him well enough. And you know, honestly, when it got into the real personal attacks and stuff, I, I felt like I had to back away. I did say at one point I felt like he was kind of an outrage grifter. I do think that he, you know, his shtick is getting people really pissed off. Um, you know, he's entitled it to make be pissed money from off. It.
3: I think that when people are saying we elected Joe Biden, we won, it's over. I can go back to not thinking about things now. That pisses me off, right? Right. Because because people are going back to bed. They're they're going back to bed, America. Here's here's fifteen channels of American gladiators. Don't think America. Then yeah, I somebody needs to wake people up again, and that's why I was like Jimmy Dore is fucking doing the Lord's work right now because he's not letting. (laughs) You know, we're well. We're gonna first. We gotta get Joe Biden elected. Then we can pull him left. Well, no, and actually, not that. And actually, even the progressive caucus, we're not allowed to pull them left either. Like, what? What the fuck is wrong with you? If you think that, like, something needs to be fucking done. Somebody needs to put the fucking brakes on this thing before, you know. Because I guess we're just gonna get into it here. So,
1: well, let's (laughs) just let's. I want to wrap up Biden because we have a lot to talk about with with that still. But we'll we'll get into. I want to save that for the end, the Medicare for all thing, but. Uh, but yeah, but yeah, let's just, let's wrap up the Jimmy thing because I, again, I, I think, you know, much like, and, and Edward Snowden talked about this too, it, the, the the worst thing that could happen to, to an idea or to, to a new, something you want to get out there and be talked about is for the person, uh, who presents the information to be, become the subject Mm. of the, of the focus rather than the actual message, which is why, like, Snowden was like, I, I don't want, to be exposed, at least at first, because I want people to discuss the the things I'm revealing and, and leaking, not me as a person. And he, he knew that that would be the strategy when you know they figured out who did it is to deflect from all of the things he he revealed by talking about him as a person and making it about his character. And they so. did. Yeah, it tore but his you life need apart.
3: that. You need that though. You need the John Brown. You need the the singular no, focus that's on different. a personality. Yeah, he wasn't, you know to right, to get the, the thing done, and that that's not to compare the two, but if if the issue is being buried by a large number of people, and one person is willing to, you know, be a lightning rod and take all the criticism and the heat to do the the thing that needs to be done,
1: right? I just don't want the thing to get. I, I just don't want the the conversation to get deflected by a con- like into you know who's grifting and who's not like which is what it, it largely became on twitter yeah it really is, got into which that which was unfortunate uh, uh but yeah. that's what twitter fucking does but we'll get we'll get to more of that later i just want to finish up the biden stuff we have some more audio from his call oh um,
3: you got, oh gotcha sorry i didn't realize we were still that far yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, um <laughs> I know. So, uh, yeah, so this is, this is another, uh, just piece of, and again, I, I highly recommend anyone just go, if you hate yourself and want to spend an hour listening to Joe Biden, uh, you know, incoherently mumble and then very coherently rage at civil rights activists for asking basic things of him, uh, go check this call out. But this is another choice, uh, segment from that, from that call.
4: 40. This country is going to be minority, white, European. Hear me? Minority, white, European. And you guys are going to have to start working more with Hispanics who make up a larger portion of the population. you will
1: So (laughs) the clip
4: cuts out a little bit, but yeah, he says,
1: by 2040, this country is going to be minority, white, European. You hear me? Minority, white, European. And you guys are going to have to start working more with Hispanics. Who make up a larger popula- uh, portion of the population than y'all do? So again, it, I, I don't oh, even God. know what prompted this, but he's just <laughs> a. He's first of all, he's de- he's he's dealing in in you know race fear mongering that the right deals in you know about white erasure. he's, he's bringing he shit mean? up like that.
3: Right, but what is he even saying to them? Like, there's going to be more you than me pretty what? soon, so you better start picking up your <laughs> trash around here. Like, what, you're- what he's. You're about to be old enough to drive. You need to go get yourself a job. Pay for a car, black people.
1: Like, what is what he I, even fucking saying? What I think he's saying is, you know, soon you're going to be the ones getting hectored by Latinos on these calls because I hate your fucking guts and I hate that you're asking these things of me. So I hope you go easy on me because they're going to be doing the same stuff to you by 2040. Yeah. I, I, that's yeah. that's the vibe of what it, cause he is so. no, I've never seen anybody more uh annoyed and and put off and and indignant about being asked to do his job than Joe Biden like he's just so <laughs> infuriated that you would you would ask him to do something in this position of of literally the most powerful person in the fucking country and you know in the world more or less um by asking him to do basic things that are totally within his purview as president he's he's furious like he just is, is such a fucking prick like it's i Again, this—he is a fucking menace, and all the people that were like, "Oh, lesser of two evils," I don't see how this is lesser of two evils. Again, and I—you know—we talked about. I don't—we don't have to go into a whole long thing about that. We talked about it ad nauseum in the lead up to the election. This is not, in a lot of ways, this is a much greater evil because he is being able to get away with this shit with impunity from a lot of the people that should be holding him accountable. I mean this is fucking disgusting. Like I wouldn't talk to my fucking enemies this way. And he's talking to people that are supposed to be his allies and supposed to be fucking propelling his party to victory in Georgia in yeah. these two fucking runoff elections. Um and you know the, the fucking candidates are doing no favors to themselves down there, but that's a whole other thing, but
3: I uh, I'm I'm going to sit back and and love watching this. It's it's <laughs> my philosophy on this is you you break it, you buy it. Like, you got to live. This was the guy you elevated to stop Bernie. And now you have to live this train wreck. Um, and, and, you know, his campaign had nothing but contempt for Latino voters. I got just two headlines here from Politico. This is from uh, once Biden was already the, the nominee. Politico. Biden's Latino outreach is under fire. And they quote from uh, somebody that they put from an article in the title here I can't tell what their strategy is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and this from The Week. Uh, headline: Biden campaign doesn't consider Latinos part of their path to victory, one political operative said. Uh, right. So literally, like like Bernie's, you know, Bernie won Nevada by like seventy percent, something like that, because he had amazing Latino outreach. Um, and, you know, he had some people that were undocumented, um, publicly were undocumented, who were working on his his uh, immigration policy, and. Yeah we're vocal about that you know and biden's just like eh i don't need those people you black people go corral those latino people for me because i don't know how to do it he wanted the nervous
2: whites that's what he wanted
1: right that's that's only that's his fucking constituency it's the only people that actually support him so real quick i want to get through this because we got to wrap in a few minutes yeah but um so so this is from an npr article uh, regarding his, his Latino strategy. Although Biden promised to reverse Trump's most restrictive immigration policies, he didn't include immigration among his four, top four priorities, uh, COVID, <clears throat> economic re- recovery, racial equity, and climate change. That was intentional, says a person familiar with the transition discussions. He told NPR that Biden, the Biden campaign and then the transition team felt that immigration activists had become too adversarial quote there are a number of people within team biden who are just uncomfortable with a lot of the policy initiatives that they recommend which is why when you saw biden's four core issues immigration was not one of them he said so they literally are punishing people for asking him to literally just stop fucking putting kids in cages that he him and obama fucking built like that's literally you know we we saw through the campaign you know telling the fucking uh, the, the the immigration activist to go vote for Trump when, when he asked him if you were going to stop deporting people. like
2: Nothing will fundamentally change.
1: <laughs> right. No, it'll actually get a little He's bit He's not going to so,
3: tear down Trump's border wall either. That, that's so, staying yeah. up.
2: No, of course not. Of it'll course probably not. continue so,
3: being constructed after Biden's uh, in office.
2: Right. What right. about the wall so, around the White House? That'll be interesting. <laughs>
1: I think that's probably a permanent thing at this point. People yeah. Are fucking nuts. Like that's that probably is, should be there at this point, <laughs> honestly. Um, uh, yeah, so real quick, so uh, you know, we we were gonna talk about uh, Buddha Judge a little bit, but I think we're gonna have to probably have to table that a little bit till next week. But basically, that's for fine. People that th- don't fine. know, Rap Boy got uh, a po- a plum post uh, that you know that w- we'll talk about it next week. But basically, got. Uh, Named as the nominee for head of transportation, um, despite having no significant background in transportation, despite much more qualified people who worked at DOT or worked within, you know, flight attendants unions, president of flight attendants, things like that. Uh, we'll get into the specifics of the you know the goods and the bad the good and the bad of why uh, you know that pick sure. is uh, another is one that I
3: um the, like the first one that didn't want to make me throw up was uh, Jennifer Granholm getting appointed or uh, nominated to Secretary of Energy right um which like she I don't really like, know she much about her. I know she's a Michigan, was a Michigan governor, Democratic right? governor of Michigan um but when she got in there was a planned. Uh, to build seven new coal-fired power plants in Michigan. And she pretty much single-handedly put the kibosh on that. Um, and it, it it cost her her re-election. But right. she was like, you know, when, when it, like the, with, uh, Ann Richards did some great environmental justice work as governor of Texas, and it, because of it, it cost her her re-election. Like, you know, doing the right thing, knowing that, you know, it's for the public good, for the public trust, but that it's going to, prevent you from getting reelected like that I don't know that's
2: which is why when Pelosi's on her way out she could like let Medicare for all get a vote and she could make it her legacy if she wanted to like she would she not have to worry about getting reelected to, or she's anything
1: deeply conservative yeah in her, like and she's I mean she's a fucking she's a fucking hundred millionaire like she yeah. doesn't she genuinely believes in conservative economic principles because that's who she is she's a conservative yeah but real quick, I just before we get out of here, I do we we got to talk about the the whole Medicare for All debate, um, the, the the whole thing. yeah real uh, quick real quick <laughs> right, um, because uh, you know obviously <clears throat> oh, uh, you know J- Jimmy Dore has been pressing uh, on this and a couple of other people, um, but but the the significant thing and the reason it was such a hot rod issue is that. AOC responded to Jimmy or responded to Justin Jackson, more or less. didn't right. mention Jimmy, Jimmy. And I think yeah. even took him out of the the reply of <laughs> the t- goddamn, like just the pettiness. But whatever. Um, so, uh, Justin Jackson, by the way, is a NFL player. He's a San Diego Chargers running back, and he's like really good uh, and outspoken on Twitter, uh, lefty guy, and he was basically like. You know what are your what? Why would you not withhold your vote um, for for Pelosi as Speaker come January when the whole session meets, uh, unless you can secure you know a, a, a commitment to get a floor vote for Medicare for All? And AOC really did not have a satisfactory answer. She went on and on about like, well, you know, there are things going on behind the scenes in negotiations, and you know, a lot of people pointed out like, well if negotiations are going on, why don't you make that part of the negotiate? Like it just, she did not have a satisfactory answer and it reeked of Elizabeth Warren double speak about this is the way things are done. And this is how, you know, the, the sausage gets me all the bullshit that people say to excuse the fact that they give away things that we fucking want to advance their careers. And, you know, I'm going to, obviously I'm going to get both of your opinions on, on the, the strategy, but I, I just off the bat, I want to say, uh, I don't think it's a good idea to withhold your vote for Speaker Pelosi contingent on the Medicare for all vote. I think it's a good idea to outright deny Pelosi the speakership, regardless of who wins, whether it's another Democrat that they decide at the last minute to put up as the nominee or if fucking Kevin McCarthy wins. I don't give a shit at this point. It's a matter of principle and a matter of not letting the Democrats further fucking Uh, You know, undercut and slice the fucking Achilles of your legislative agenda or your supposed legislative agenda to not allow Nancy Pelosi to remain a speaker. And even if they do put someone forth like a fucking shitty Hakeem Jeffries or whoever the fucking, you know, the next groomed speaker is, they're not going to have been Jill Crowley. I I, I guarantee
3: Pelosi's sticking oh, it out. Like,
1: yeah, he was like second just or third to, in line,
3: right? Because he was he was coming up, and Pelosi's like, "Oh, you took Joe Crowley out. Well, guess what? I'm sticking around forever now." AOC, <laughs> right, right,
1: right, but no, but and so, but again, the point, my point is, regardless of who uh, they pick to replace Pelosi, they're not going to have her her longstanding, you know, uh, institutionalized power, and they're not going to have her. Ability to go out and be completely fucking, uh, you know, given a tongue bath by the media in terms of like not questioning any of her fucking stupid ass decisions. I think it's still a net benefit to put someone in there who's not experienced, who you can rip to shreds in the press. And but nobody else is of.
3: running for it, though. So that's I don't see how that happens.
1: Well, no, but if you deny her the speakership, the party will have to fucking do something. They'll have to reconvene. If you make it publicly known before the vote, like a week or two before the vote, like we're not these nine people, and they have a, like a single digit margin at this point because they fucking blew the uh, their you know the 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 uh, the down ballot races. Uh, you say, like, this: these nine people are staying strong. We will not vote for, uh, for Pelosi as Speaker under any circumstances. Right. The party will then have to reconvene and either uh, try to uh, lobby them to change their minds or pick a new Speaker. And they can certainly excise their influence just like the fucking so- Problem Solvers Caucus did uh, in 2018 when they got a bunch of concessions <laughs> out of Pelosi for support, supporting her for Speaker.
3: So real, real quick, for anyone who's uh, confused about the process here, the just because mm-hmm. the Democrats have the majority, barely, in the House uh, does not mean that they have to elect a Democratic Speaker of the House, right? And a lot of people have said, well, if these people withhold their votes, then they're risking a Republican becoming Speaker of the House. Well, no, they're not going to withhold so many votes that the Republicans would have the majority. They would only withhold just enough so that neither well, one has the majority. I actually looked this up. Which blocks the so- vote
1: so the way you actually win speakership is you need to win a majority of the votes that are cast for speaker right. so if so if say 200 democrats vote for pelosi um you know two uh, like two uh, 198 vote for kevin mccarthy let's say and nine democrats abstain from voting or whatever it is you need to actually win a majority of the votes you can't win a plurality of the votes so like if, like uh even if like 10 people didn't vote for Pelosi, the, the Republicans couldn't win. They would have to re-vote. Like, it, exactly. It's, but it's that's the lie route. being
3: circulated that, that right. if they exactly. did this, they're risking a Republican. Like they, they know the numbers. They're not going to fucking, oops, we had one too many people abstain from voting. in the Republican. Right. like they're not, they know how to fucking count, right? So whoever on Twitter is out there peddling that lie, uh fuck you.
2: Well, and I was immediately like vehemently opposed when the idea was just they're going to they're going to withhold this vote, which, you know, we already know she has overwhelming support. They already held a vote for her for speaker already. They should have. I, I, I don't want her as speaker. They should have organized to completely oppose her like I support that where I was really against it is just for. Uh, using this leverage just for the Medicare for all vote when we know it's going to fail when we do really know on record. I mean, all of the NNU and all the people that are lobbying for Medicare for all, they know who's for it and who's not. Do you need to maybe expose a couple hypocrites? Eh, You know, I wasn't sure that was enough. And so, you know, when Sirota came out with his article and talked about these additional things that he could do, you know, that we could do, um, you know or or lobby for as a part of this then i was like okay yeah now we're talking cuz it's something we could actually get or win but not just for medicare for all when we know it's going to fail that didn't seem enough for me
3: yeah i i, I read that article too and the, the longer list of demands was i think worthwhile you know but he still kind of framed it as we're only going to get some of these things so let's put more on the table i didn't like how he was discounting the spectacle of it because the spectacle of it is what everyone's going to pay attention to, right? Like it, that, that is how you do movement building is spectacle, right? And it's, it's the thing that people are going to talk about. I guarantee most people that voted for Joe Biden in the primary believe that Joe Biden supports Medicare for all, right? And the people who said, well, if you want to know who, who supports it and who doesn't in Congress, just look at the co-sponsor list. Well, we already know that half those people on the co-sponsor list don't really support it. Right. and forcing them to have the to vote on
2: it. So yeah. you have a vote and we look even one. worse. Yes. We look even weaker. Than, you that's know.
3: good. That's, that's good because and that's the people the narrative need goes to on know the mainstream media. that the Democrats in office don't represent what they want. When you've got 90% of Democrats who want Medicare for All, 70% of the general public, but you've got a small fraction of the people representing them pretending they have their best interests in mind, the voters need to know that those people don't support them, so that they can be voted out of office by somebody who does, right? And we've only, people are like, well, let's, let's, you know, not do this right away. We This is the only time we can do this. We've got, you know, six to eight months that you actually can get shit done right now before the uh, House goes into recess over the summer. When they come back, it's going to be nothing but a 2022 talk. No, we can't do that because we got the midterms coming up. This is this the next six months is critical. This is the only time they can do this. This is now is when they have to do this.
2: Well, Jeffries, if he takes over, is you know a co-sponsor. Now, whether or not he, he doesn't support you know, it, bring he it either.
1: Hundred percent does not. He fucking was dragged to that kicking and He's one of the worst. He's he's fucking he's Nancy Pelosi but younger and black. Like that's the only.
2: I, like, but I, that's what I you do—is drag him to the vote. That's what you do. But he's
1: not gonna. But he's never gonna push for. It. He's never gonna let it come to a vote if he becomes speaker. He did that as a save his ass from a left primary. That's all he did it for.
2: I just think we already know. Like, so you know, I work with progressives we do. primarily. We know, but the um, voters
3: don't fucking know.
2: They and, don't and know.
3: They don't even know who Kerry who's on the co-sponsor list. We They're already go have it as an issue up. in
2: primaries. We already make. In fact, the the people that won were the ones that supported Medicare for all. Any in any swing district, you know, we have it as an issue already. We know who is right. and isn't for it. Um, it's but already an issue in don't elections. No,
3: the voters don't know, and w- they need they to do. know yes or no. Who supports Medicare for all? Not who signed on as a co-sponsor. If it ever does come to a vote, we need the vote also, now. Do you know how many times the fucking Republicans tried to get a floor vote to to undo ACA, knowing they didn't have the votes? By 2017, they'd done it 100 times. This right. should be—they should be demanding a floor vote for Medicare for all every single day. They should be stopping all everything else to do this every single day until it's such a fucking headache for these people that don't support it. They just go, okay, fine, fine. We're going to ban private insurance. We're going to give you every dental, full cancer, everything. You get it now. Cause we're so sick of hearing about it. But Purina instead you've got, you got the, you got the, 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 the AOC going, well, yeah, you we know, we can, you know, talk about the fucking the, last, right. last night, progressive caucus united all 118, uh, members of the progressive caucus, um, no i'm sorry that's not that's the that's the number of co-sponsors but it's about the same number about hundred yeah it's hundred yeah. something yeah uh said that they are standing united every single person in the progressive caucus will not vote for a COVID aid package that does not have what they called survival uh checks you know actual stimulus checks and expanded or extended unemployment benefits if they can stand together to do that they sure as hell can stand together to get a floor vote for Medicare for all.
2: Well, and I disagreed with AOC on this. It doesn't have to be an either or. It doesn't have to be either we, you know, fight for 15 or we fight for Medicare for all. Like, right. you can walk and chew gum. You can fight for more than one thing but at a time. she knows that, too. Yeah. That's,
1: that's the problem. She's bullshitting us. That's the fucking problem. Well, no, because... Is the... That AOC is totally subsumed by the fucking D.C. group thing, and she knows that to get... Look, at the end of the day... This is all about AOC trying to advance her career and get a and get a position on a a committee. So she and can do more. I get that. But she can't do shit if Nancy Pelosi's the fucking speaker. Like you could be am look, I'm not <laughs> trying I'm just saying like this is this is my whole thing. I don't give a fuck about your fucking career, AOC, or any of you fucking people if you are sacrificing pushing forth these policies to get the things that we need to fucking survive in order to advance your career. And you're trying to sell it to us as, Oh, well, when I'm the head of ways and means, I'll be able to set the budget. Yeah. That gets voted on by the fucking speaker of the house, Nancy Pelosi, who's going to crush anything good that you put forth. So it's fucking meaningless. All it means is that you get to advance your career in D.C., pretend like you're fighting for something, and then watch it go die in the I fucking graveyard. I don't see it as self-interest. That fucking house. I don't
2: see it as self-interest because you look at – she made this video of the things she's accomplished in two years. Would any of that have happened if she wasn't allowed to get any legislation on the floor or if she had been completely blocked out? Pelosi's a fucking dragon. There is no – if you – cross her there is no way she will ever let you get anything done you will be a ghost in any committee meeting and any discussion you will hear nothing what
1: meaningfully has she, that's uh, that's and I'm,
3: why you have caucuses that's why you don't go it alone right
1: right right the only way you beat pelosi is by forming a coalition of much better you know people to go out there and publicly this is the biggest and we can do it and win wants. i'm all for it But they can. This is the point. They don't want to because they're fucking institutionalized. They think and I don't know if it's they think or they like they don't give a shit. It's some combination of they've either totally just wanted to, you know, get into these seats and get into these positions of power from the begin with. Or they've completely internalized the D.C. logic of, well, to get along, you have to go along and you have to. This is it just people just say that as like, oh, well, that's obviously the only way you can do it. No. Bernie Sanders like did, has, you know, never did that his entire career and has managed to lead a national movement to raise awareness for things that people were not talking about nationally fucking four or five years ago. And but it's and, no but,
2: surprise that most of the things he accomplished, he did with Republicans, because Democrats shut him out.
1: It, yeah, that's the point. <laughs> it, you fucking shame them and you shame your own party. And you let the American people know that, like, look, I'm not like these other people. I'm not a bullshitter. Because every, what does everyone in America who doesn't follow politics know? Oh, they're all full of shit. They all lie. They all just want to advance their careers. And that's true. Like, the reason people think that and check out of politics is because that's true. And Bernie understood and still understands, by the way, because you mentioned that, they all the Progressive Caucus, that was fucking set in motion by Bernie a couple days ago saying... I will not let you fucking people go home for Christmas until you pass direct stimulus checks for everybody. And everyone on the Progressive Caucus... (laughs)
3: Right. And Bernie's like, it won't hurt me, I'm Jewish.
1: (laughs) Right, Right. look, motherfuckers, it's Ray Hanukkah. I already had my my fucking eight nights. I don't care, I don't give a shit. Um, Well, just
3: to speak to the the careerist line, I mean, if you're a member of Congress who just got reelected by a 17% margin to your party's majority in the House and you still won't do the bare minimum of refusing to reelect the speaker for opposing Medicare for all during a pandemic, then you're right. a fucking coward and you need to be primaried.
1: And and the point is, like, if she's worrying about being marginalized, again, like you said, A, she blows it away in her district every fucking, you know, every time she's run. Um, right now, you're, like, what, you're, you're already fucking marginalized. If you can't do anything that you want to do, or you can't cross the fucking leader of your own party for fear of reprisal, then you're as marginalized as you can be. Like, what are you accomplishing? Like, sure, she put together her fucking video of, like, oh, we did this and this and this. Did you, like, what did you do substantively to actually put any of these big ideas that'll help the majority of Americans forth, other than kind of, you know, like, just – fucking like get people kind of glommed into the party like it's just I don't understand
2: I'm gonna have to leave it with this you know that I supported what Sirota said if it's more than just the vote like I'm all for it yeah and I wish they would have I wish they would have organized to completely oppose her as speaker and I wish we had someone else all those things are true I just wouldn't have supported it on they literally, could
1: put, they literally could have put any, but that's the problem. She's like, oh, there's nobody else. Nobody else is running. Then fucking run yourself. Like, what are you doing, you fucking coward? Like, run yourself. Fucking convince Barbara Lee to run, although she's been pretty, you know, establishment leaning lately. Like, convince literally anybody to run. Convince Pramila Jaipal to run. Yeah. You literally could say, look, I don't care if you want to run or not, Pramila. We 10, 15, 20 people, whoever coalition you could build, are going to vote for you. So you might as well say you're going to run because if you don't, then you know we're going to end up in a deadlock that's what you fucking do if you want to actually get rid of Pelosi and get rid of the deadlock but you know if you want to make sure you get a nice plum career uh, you know a nice plum committee post that's not what you do so I, that's that was just my issue with her this week but
3: well she's already on a bunch of committees right right but so she's so trying to
2: get on better committees
3: right but
2: i mean i don't think it's all self interest I, I do anywhere. think she wants to do more and accomplish more i don't think it's all just about Uh, advancing her profile. I think she's genuinely trying to be able to affect more change.
1: We don't have time to fuck. (laughs) We we just don't have time. We don't have time for you to fucking climb the the ladder in D.C. to fucking, uh, you know, get a, a top committee post and maybe eventually, you know, get a better speaker in there. We don't have the fucking time. Like we're out of time. Speaking well of not of time.
3: having time, there was an audio we well thing of time on this that I wanted to I wanted <laughs> I to totally play. It. I'm just going to describe real quick. But somebody took a bunch of footage of uh, you know back before anyone knew who AOC was. One of her first like YouTube interviews was on Jimmy Dore's show, right? So she kind of got her start with with Jimmy Dore. And they cut they intercut things that AOC said back in 2016. Yeah with things that Jimmy Dore is saying now, and they track with each other. They, they're the same thing. But you listen to AOC talking about what we need to do now, what we can do now.
2: That's because she's for, had the talk. The second that they get in office, Pelosi brings them I know in that. and has the talk I with them. I know that. Yeah.
3: But that's the thing. When you, when you say, oh, she's still fighting for us, and you listen to what she said just four years ago compared to what she's saying now, and it's like, I don't see her fighting for anything right now. Right. I, I think she's still... You know, that's why she had to put out a video of, like, look at all the stuff I've done, you know. Right, right. If if it was self-evident, why would that be your pinned post on Twitter?
1: Right, right. So, I, you know, I just, again, I'm not saying, like, oh, fuck AOC, I have no use for her whatsoever. But she's so quickly subsuming herself into the Democratic Party machine that I have little to no hope that she could ever break out of it and become an outsider figure who can actually accomplish something within the democratic party. But that's, and
3: and that's why I said that, you know, I think what Jimmy Dore has done has, has pushed us forward about two years, um, in in this conversation, because a lot of people, I don't think, you know, they don't know all the procedural things well enough to know that like, Oh, the Democrats, you know, progressive caucus could do this thing. That would be like a huge, uh, line in the sand.
2: He certainly got got himself trending. And then of course, Tim Black wanted to get in on the, uh, attention right as well. but the,
3: but yeah. you know when i talked about that window we have you know six months of, of legislative time to actually get shit done before it's recess and then before it's the midterms you know like and then two more years goes by and nothing's changed that's why i said you know this what he did was you know put a stake down where people are going oh yeah they could do that but they won't what the fuck right.
1: <laughs> right. so right
3: that's the significance
1: yeah yeah. All right. Well, I, we, we, we got to let you guys go. You both have trains or planes or appointments to catch. and um, <laughs> we, We're going <laughs> to well,
3: go revel in the world of Pete Booty Judge's uh, purview.
1: Right, right, right. Can't wait till we have we have rainbow flags on the side of our decrepit subway cars.
4: Um, I
2: can't believe yeah. we got through this discussion and didn't all kill each other. You should have allowed more time. <laughs>
3: Hey, right. you take enough notes, and you just rely on those. You don't have to right. shout and swear right. as much. And we'll,
1: we'll, I'm sure we'll, we'll talk about it more as the vote comes to, to pass, and we'll see how that you know, all goes. But yeah. it seems like they're going to extract literally nothing from this. Uh, but, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens, and we'll talk more about it. Thanks for but having yeah. me on. Yeah, Always absolutely. Thanks a pleasure. For Always on. welcome. Um, if you want to support the show, rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on SoundCloud. SoundCloud.com slash move left. Um, uh we have a Facebook, Facebook.com slash move left idiots. Patreon is patreon.com slash move left merch available at tinyurl.com slash move left pod. Get uh, your stock and uh, stuffers. On... Yeah, <laughs> There's get, still get, time. Get, yeah. <laughs> I think. I don't I mean they make no guarantees about T public shipping policies, <laughs> but uh go go try it. Um we, I'm on Twitter at move underscore left.
3: I'm on Twitter at bike slutty.
2: And you can hate on me at (laughs) P-O-L-I-B-E-N-T, polybet.
3: And you can also go to your uh, your Twitter account. Your uh, pinned post is still your GoFundMe, I Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah.
1: Right. So to help you with health expenses. Yeah. I had to put off my surgery
2: because of COVID. So I've got more breast reconstruction stuff coming. And, of course, new deductible. I mean, you know, I'm fighting with everybody. We need to get Medicare Mm. for all. So...
3: Need that, well, we that we need to make uh,
1: sure AOC gets that cabinet spot though first. <laughs> <laughs> the, Gotta get that place. affordable
3: access to copays and deductibles.
1: <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. So yep. And we will uh we'll see everyone next week. Merry Christmas, America. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah.
0: Christmas Eve, babe In the drunk tank An old man said to me Won't see another one And then he sang a song The rare old mountain dew I turned my face away and dreamed about you, got on a lucky one. Came in, I turned to one. I've got a feeling that's years for me and you. So happy Christmas! A love. I can see a better time when all our dreams come true. City. When, when the band finished playing, playing they held up so the mall. Sinatra was swinging, all the jokes they were singing. We kissed on the down corner, and then danced through the night.
4: The boys the of the
0: Ammo and Choir were singing, away, by. And the bells are ringing out for Christmas Day. Day. Christmas time.